You're listening to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, a comfy, cozy place for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is the place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. And welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy. Here in episode 58, I chat with Jamie Schreier of Practice Freedom U about time management strategies for busy business owners. Now on to our conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm joined back with Jamie Schreier of Practice Freedom U. I'm happy to have you back, Jamie. Oh, it's great to be back, Cindy. Yeah. Today, we're going to dig into the topic of time management and busyness. And just, um, I think it's an appropriate topic right now because at least a lot of the therapists and people in the mental health field are really overwhelmed with the uh, with clients reaching out, which is really great, but then it also comes with another set of problems for the clinician if you're not able to manage your time or those boundaries in that way. So I'm happy to dig into this subject. Yeah, let's, we can <laughs> dig. Let's start digging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, just thinking about the busyness and boundaries and time management, it's, it's kind of like, a, I don't know, it's, a hot topic right now. It is, it's something that I'm seeing people struggle with. So what are, what are you seeing? Because I know that you do uh, something very similar in private practice, but I know it's with a lot of physical therapists, right? But I'm yeah, sure. It's- I mean, whatever, whatever <laughs> solution we sell, yeah, it doesn't matter. We're human beings mm-hmm. and you know, there's 24 hours in a day and those are two facts. How we manage our day, how we manage things, um, you know, that's that's really the the, the challenge here. I, I think with um, COVID, one of the best things COVID did initially, it forced everyone to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, albeit, you're taking a break watching the TV and people dying and all these terrible things happen, but it forced people that never thought in a million years that they could quote slow down. There's no way I can't stop. It forced you to stop. And now as things kind of open back up and we kind of get used to this new normal, as they said a ton, mm-hmm. uh, this new normal um, for, for, for the mental health uh, folks, you're coming back in a whole new world that absolutely needs you. And that could be a little... Um, it's exciting. It's flattering. It's finally, there are celebrities and athletes like, are you kidding me? There's athletes on TV talking about mental health, talking about actually speaking to someone, not having it all figured out. Kind of like Facebook. I mean, Facebook uh, (laughs) where you got that one. Yeah. Everyone shows their perfect self. Like they have it. And, and then we have people watching it or TikTok. And we don't have it figured out. And then you have these people wanting, you know, it's accepted and okay to see, you know, see somebody and talk to them. But what happens when you go zero to a hundred, like all of a sudden your schedule's packed and you have a waiting list, you know, that 
the effects on the, the business owner, that, that, that can be really daunting. So I'm seeing that in, in, in the work that I'm doing and, and, and some of the mental health folks that I'm seeing and speaking to, and as well as, I mean, in, in the world of physical therapy or occupational, there's not a lack of people that don't have physical means. So I think it's just all of the health, whether it's mental health, physical health, I think um, with everyone kind of wanting to get back to whatever this normal is and um, and addressing all of the the, the the issues and the and the things that are coming at us, um, I think it's a it's a it's a really big challenge. Um, you know, somebody uh, once told me he said, Jamie, the job of any business owner is to wake up every day and solve problems. Mm-hmm. So for for you, you're literally listening and trying to help solve people's problems. But at the same time, you you solved one problem with now you have an endless number of people calling you and wanting to come in, but you've now created another pop problem. And you and I were just talking before about the problem of boundaries and the problem of how do you prevent yourself in some level becoming a patient of somebody else's because mm-hmm. of the work that you're doing. You probably need someone to talk to anyways, right? Coaches have coaches, therapists have therapists, Yeah, but that is something that has to be recognized. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into some of that today. Yeah. Yeah. I think it has, I mean, throughout time, I'm sure there's been burnout rampant in the therapist community. Like it's not like it hasn't happened before, but I see it at a different level right now. Cause like you mentioned, there's so many people right now looking for support and it's really easy for therapists to get overburdened. And because therapists have such a caring heart to begin with, it can be really hard to say no when you see someone reaching out to you and you know that you can help them and help them to feel better. And it's like, well, maybe I can add one more spot in my schedule because I really want to help this person. Um, and then it it can get out of hand really quickly. And then the therapist ends up burnout and it can be a struggle to get back from that, to maybe decrease your caseload or come up with a different schedule and to back out out of what you've got yourself into. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's a great saying, um, not sure where it came from, but it said, you know, you don't, you don't strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. Mm. And if we're the business owner, we're the strong, you don't help someone else by weakening yourself because you're going to overwhelm yourself in this, in this, well, I'm doing good. Yeah, you're going to be doing good completely overwhelmed, worn out and a worn out. You doesn't bode well for anyone. You can't do your best work. Your mm-hmm. staff is certainly not going to like it. And, and it's going to affect your, your family and your home life. So, I mean, I see this every single day because this is the professions we're all in. We're all in these very altruistic, helpful professions. Nobody went in this for the money. If you did, you, you got a big wake up call, mm-hmm. uh, but we, you know, we do want to help people. We do want to make an impact in other people's lives. And if we're in business, the job of business is to make money. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is difficult sometimes for us to accept. And part of making money in your business and, and part of running a business is having very clear boundaries 
and using the word that we have a tough time saying, and that's the word no. And no is the most powerful word in the world because it's such a very decisive word. Um, because in order to say no, you got to be really clear on what you're willing to say yes for. And what I've noticed and what I experienced myself, when I was in practice, I said yes to everybody. I showed up early, stayed late, stayed through lunch um, because I wanted to help them and I wanted to generate that extra $5 or $10 or $100, whatever it was, until two and a half years later, I was completely overwhelmed and burned out and having fights and problems with my wife. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why am I doing, why am I going through this? This, this isn't healthy, but it was, it was kind of the mindset I had. And, and that's, that's something that we've always struggled with. I think it's going to be a lot worse, especially in the mental health field because of the droves of people that are going to come because they're breaking down the, the stigma, the stigma associated with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really wonderful thing and therapists uh, need to be prepared for it. And mm-hmm. it, it is something that I don't think we've experienced before people seeking therapy in droves like they are now. And I think in the past, or at least I know just as long as I've been in the field is it did take a little while to fill your practice. And that was something that people were always concerned about and worried about. And if you took insurance, um, you know, you would feel a little bit faster, but it wasn't like it is today because I'm seeing people opening up, you know, insurance-based practices and private pay practices and they're full pretty quickly because of the, the need. And it can be really hard. I know that when I first opened up my practice, I think sometimes you have to maybe get to the point of, of being overextended to realize like, oh, I need to pull back because it can be really hard to, to maybe go into this slowly. Cause I think when someone opens up a business, like you want business, you want to be able to pay your bills and you're going to be saying yes to a lot of people. And I think a lot of times we say yes to too many people before we realize it, that it's too much for us. And then we have to back out of it a little bit. Um, Cause I know in the beginning having my practice, I opened it up for like a couple days a week. It was open on a Saturday and a Monday. And I was super excited to have my private practice. And because I was just doing it two days and still working at the agency, I'm like, okay, since I have that, those limited two days, I'm going to see people whenever is convenient for them because I'm excited to have a practice. I was, yeah. And it was okay. Then it's not like I had a lack of boundaries. I was just really flexible in the beginning because of my excitement. And I see that happening. Whatever you have to do. (laughs) Yeah. Let's face it too. It feeds your ego. Yeah. We all have (laughs) egos. People want to pay you to help them in a specialty that you're great at. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation now needs to shift to, you're going to get busy. Yeah. Tell one neighbor that you now have gone into business for yourself and you may not have to ever market again for the next <laughs> five years Yeah. because that will spread like wildfire. So I think it's taking an approach of, Assuming you can see as many people as you want to see and assuming you can charge, whether it's private pay or insurance, assuming you can charge and collect the money that you feel you're worth, which could be a whole nother conversation. (laughs) um, 
What is it that you want to do with this business? What is going to fulfill you? And it's, a, it's an interesting way of looking at things, Cindy, because it is a intentionally selfish way to look at things. For the comment I made before, you don't weaken the, uh, you don't strengthen the weak by weakening the strong. This is about filling your need. We are selfish beings. We need to take care of ourselves if we're going to be any good. There's a reason why the pilot says or the flight person says, put your mask off before helping the kid. Because if you don't, you ain't going to help the kid. Yeah. Kid's going to be sitting there watching you dead because you don't have any oxygen. Mm -hmm. So in business, and we don't think about this stuff because we're clinical business owners, or I should say clinical owners, not necessarily business owners who happen to be clinicians, <laughs> two very distinctive differences. Um, I, I think we need to do some thinking around, well, what is it that we want? What is the, you know, Simon Sinek talks about start with why. What is the why in which you're doing this? What will fulfill you? And by diving into those and, and addressing what that is, not necessarily easy questions, by the way, not something you're going to solve in two minutes necessarily, but it allows you then to create the business that's going to serve you. One of my favorite things that um, a mentor of mine shared with me is, Jamie, your business is designed to serve your life. Your life isn't designed to revolve around your business. Mm -hmm. And yet, speak to any small business person, literally their life is revolving around their business and not in a healthy, good way. So perhaps there's actually another way, a better way of doing it. And I think designing your business that serves you will be the best thing you can do to serve others. It is like, I can't um, highlight that enough because it's something that I've came to realize because as, as we start out sometimes being overly flexible, excited about our businesses, taking on too much. And then we reel mm -hmm. ourselves back in as my business went on, I decided, you know, my time frames of when I worked with clients, it squeezed in a little bit. So it's like, I don't want to get up and be in the office at 8 a.m. seeing clients. And I don't want to be in the office at 6, 7 p.m. seeing clients either. And it would, my day would shorten. And it eventually shortened until like, I don't see people before 10 a.m. And I don't really want to work past 3 p.m. And so there, it's a smaller window. And, but when I'm showing up, like, because that works for me. And so my clients are getting my very best. It's when I'm at my best. I've had a chance to wake up without an alarm, have a slow start to my morning, ease into my day. And I always have my evenings free if I just want to do nothing and relax, or if I want to go somewhere and not having to say, oh, I can't do that. I have evening clients. There were so many times that I said that early on in my career. And it, yeah, I think if you design your business around yes. your life, that that's going to be where people can get the best of you. And I love what you're saying because you you said so many really great things just in that short period. You're talking about, I had to decide what's best for me. I had to decide how I can show up. You know, we refer to it in our, in our program as the power of presence. How do you show up as your best self, the best version of you? And everyone has a different 
way of doing that, your superpowers. Like, how do you do that? And you decided, you know what? I'm not the morning person. I'm a late morning person. I want to be home when the kids get home. This is where time frame wise, right? Time frame wise, you have what's called chunking. For everyone listening, chunking, you are chunking your time. You are condensing your time to the hours that you want, that you will do your best work, 10 to 3, which is perfect. Another thing you said, you kind of just kind of slid by it a little bit. So I want to kind of bring that out is we get to choose the people we help. Mm -hmm. This is a tough one because I've never met somebody in any health related field that started out saying no to somebody, even if the person was not really their ideal client, maybe the person was not even in their wheelhouse of what their expertise was, but they're like, you know, the ego kicks in. I want to help them. I can probably help them. And you bring someone in. And if you get enough of those kind of people, not that there's anything wrong with it, but if it's not really what you do, if it doesn't fill your bucket, if it doesn't energize you and allow you to do your best work, it will begin to drain you and you'll resent those very same people. And it's no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important for people as well to go through the exercise of, well, who is your target audience? Who is your ideal client? Describe them, right? Like, who is it? And what I found is most difficult in doing that is you feel bad not saying everybody. Mm -hmm. And this is where you have to be fairly clear. Fairly clear, it's kind of an oxymoron, (laughs) but you have to be clear on this. It doesn't mean you're not going to see people outside of this, but what it helps you do, it helps protect you. Right. You you and I talked earlier about boundaries. Well, shouldn't you be able to see the people that you're going to do your best work with? Which means, shouldn't you then allow people that maybe they come in with a particular diagnosis or issue that isn't in your primary wheelhouse to go see someone else that that's what their best work is? Isn't that what's best for the for the patient or the client? Mm-hmm. It, it's a different way of framing it where it actually meets their needs, but it also meets yours. And I think, again, we can talk about society and growing up. We play an equal sum win-lose game. Someone wins, someone loses. Somebody lost last night in the championship. <laughs> yes. Money won. That's the way sports is, but it's not the way I believe we should run our businesses. There doesn't have to be anybody losing. You can get what you want. The client can get what they want. Your staff can get what they want. The community can get. It, it, it's all about how you look at that. So those those few points that you that you mentioned of you created your boundaries of your time. You you decided the type of people where you can do your best work. It keeps you protected. It keeps your energy high. It keeps you delivering an amazing service. Of course, the problem is then you get even busier because all these people love you and they tell everyone else. But you know what? That's okay because you have a choice to make. There's two types of businesses in, I'll say, kind of our healthcare world, our um, our uh, um, the mental health, the PT, the OT, the speech, just 
just that allied health world. Um, but it could be other businesses. There's a lifestyle business and there's a business with a capital B. A lifestyle business is what you have. Your business is designed to give you the lifestyle that you want, Mm -hmm. however you want that, which is wonderful if that's what you want. I think people have to make a decision because a business with a capital B, that's a business that I created in physical therapy. It was a business that could actually run and operate and I didn't have to be there. I wasn't trading my time for money. That was a choice. It started out as a lifestyle business when it was just me. And then I treated everybody and worked, you know, 40, 50 hours treating and all that. And then I made a decision and that decision then caused me to look at things differently and put in different things. So I think as, as, as business owners and for everyone listening, yes, you are a business owner, whether you think about it or not, you are owning a business, even if it's just you still a business. Um, I think it's important to make that distinction of what you're trying to do because that will determine decisions that you make even now as you begin to grow your business. If not, it can get really confusing and complicated. If you're, I want a real business, but everything's designed as a lifestyle business and you wonder why it's not growing or you wonder why you're working so many hours because you haven't hired anybody else and you're doing everything and being everything to everybody. I mean, that's where people get into this overwhelmed state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because they're because of those different types of businesses. Because I know so, and if you're looking at them in the wrong way, it's gonna it's gonna trip you up. And because I do know people that are, it's just them, and they may have like a part time virtual assistant, and they're like multi million dollar businesses. So you can do that. It's not like you have mm-hmm. to have a million employees. But then there's also businesses that do have a lot of employees, they've got it set up right. And they, they're there to, um, they manage all the pieces of that. But like you said, they don't have to be there trading, um, you know, being present to trade dollars for that. Uh, so I think that's a really good distinction because you, yeah, you can get tripped up if you're not clear on what you want that to be. And here's what I love about business. Here's what I love about not being an employee. I get to choose. I'm in charge of my life. Mm -hmm. Not everybody wants to do that. But if you're listening to you right now, we're talking about business, then you've made the decision, at least in part, could be part-time, you could be transitioning as a solopreneur or or something like that, which is cool. Um, But you you are making this decision to do this. So you want to respect, respect business. Respect what you're doing. You're in the business of delivering mental health services. Mm-hmm. You're in a, now, you might be the person delivering it as well, but just reframing that helps you see it in a different fashion. I think so many times, and I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people in all different types of fields, uh, primarily in the allied health. Um, it's amazing how most of them are shocked to actually realize that they're in a business of physical therapy, occupational therapy, mental health. Uh, speak like They don't see themselves as a business owner. I call it an identity crisis. Like mm-hmm. they don't see themselves as what other people see themselves as. They see themselves as, I'm just a clinician, just trying to 
work and help some people and all that. And I think that's where a lot of bad decisions are made. That's where the boundaries are just dropped. That's where the overwhelm comes, the stress of being a yes person to everyone. Then that leads to home life. And all of a sudden, you're trapped in this thing and you're not sure how to get out. Um, That's a real thing. And I bet that with what's happening right now with COVID and uh, mental health being more uh, accepted, uh, the you know kind of some of those barriers are coming down. I, I think um, there is going to be also an influx of overwhelmed, highly burned out, um, you know, deliverers of yes. uh, of this as well. I mean, same thing as COVID. It was a noble thing that all the first responders and everyone was all noble until you saw them burning out big time, like physically, mentally, post-traumatic. Like it's all good. And everyone says, oh my God, that's so great. You're so wonderful. And all they're saying it back here. Mm-hmm. Because what's happening is you're moving to burnout. And that's where I'm like, you don't weaken you. You're too important. You gotta, you gotta strengthen yourself. And that means, you know, doing some of the things that we're that we're talking about. Yeah, I think that being able to claim or identify yourself as a business owner, it doesn't come naturally to a lot of therapists because, but that is, um, especially now without claiming that and stepping into that role, that's a recipe for burnout because without the claiming that business identity, you're only having your helper therapist identity. And that is the one that's like, yes, of course I can help. I'm the helper. Like, oh, I see someone that needs me. I'm going to be there. And without that business identity to balance that out, then I think it can be a a recipe for burnout. Yeah. One of the most influential books I ever read, it's an old book called The E-Myth. Have you heard of that one? I've heard of it. I haven't read it. Yeah. It's an old, uh, uh, quote, old book in the 90s uh, by written by Michael Gerber who went on to create E-Myth Worldwide and all this other stuff. But basically the, the, the principle of the whole book, I'll summarize it, E stands for entrepreneurial. So the entrepreneurial myth. And they said that you get people that are good at their craft, good at something. And then they have, uh, he calls it like they have like an amnesia moment. And all of a sudden they wake up and they're like, I'm a business owner. And what they are is they're playing three roles. They're the technician of what they deliver. In this case, you're the, the clinical therapist. They're also the manager that manages the day-to-day of the services you provide. And then, of course, there's a little sliver that, well, you're also the owner. So every single person in a small business is playing all three roles. And you want to talk about having you know, multiple personalities or multiple things. I mean... Can you imagine every single day you're making decisions in multiple different roles? Mm-hmm. You make you make a decision in the mindset of the wrong role causes problems. And most of us, since most of our training and expertise and confidence is in the technician role, the clinical role, we see everything with clinical eyes. Yeah. And business is not made for the clinical eyes. That's where people get into big, big trouble. That's an excellent point. Business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I'm just thinking of uh, grad school 
you're learning to be a therapist and showing this unconditional positive regard for the clients. You're, you're putting yourselves in their shoes. You're having, um, you know, being able to share empathy and, you know, it's just this kindness and so supportive. And when you get to a point where you have to make decisions about, um, you know, people want to come see you and want you to help them. And if you're stuck in that role of the therapist, it can be really hard to say no or turn them away. But the, going back to what we talked about before is that's why it's so important to get clear on who you work really well with and to network with people that also do similar things than, than you and, and different. So if you come across a client and you're like, oh, I know a colleague that would probably be a lot better than me helping this client and being able to share that referral with another therapist, because I think it's, um, with that, I think it is a win, win, win situation because the client is getting the best support that they can. They have someone that can really help them. You're building a really positive relationship with this colleague. And in turn, you know, they may run into someone where maybe your personality is a better fit to work with this client. So I think it works out so well in that you don't have to help everyone that reaches out to you, that you are the expert in that regard. When you have a consultation with a client, you can determine like, I am the best fit to work with you and I'm happy to take you on versus, oh, I have this colleague that is going to be able to work really well with you and it would be just what you need. Yeah, for sure. I mean, with the market the way it is, that becomes increasingly important. Mm -hmm. um, prior to this, when you're just trying to pay the bills, you'll see anybody. And yeah. like you said earlier, you can then get trapped into this. Oh, my God, like half my patients are not really the kind of people I should be seeing. Mm -hmm. uh, but now you can be more choosy. And I think it's it's in the patient's best interest as well as yours, um, to make sure that you are seeing the people that are most in your expertise. And in order to do that, I mean, we're, if we look at ourselves as business owners, well, we need other people to refer to just like, can you imagine your, your family physician never actually connected with anybody else? The only thing they could possibly do is give you a medication. Mm -hmm. They don't really have any other treatments if they couldn't refer to somebody else. So, you know, you start looking at yourself as maybe I'm the gateway for someone that's just entering in this world of, of health and we're going to move them over here. That's really valuable. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's important to, uh, to recognize and identify that. And sometimes uh, we, you know, we might pigeonhole ourselves and we might get this view of ourselves of, what you learned in grad school and what people have told you. And it's like, yeah, they're not like something else you just said. It's like, you said, you know, you learn all this great stuff in grad school, you know, how to be caring. And well, I think it's part of who you are, but they reinforce the caring and the empathy side, but what they're not preparing you for is. So when you go into business and you make decisions on that caring and empathy side, and all of a sudden you're sacrificing yourself, meaning you're hurting everyone else around you. Cause if you sacrifice yourself, you're doing that. Did they prepare you for that part? There's not both sides of it. And, and that's what, you know, I realized going to do this myself in private practice. I realized that, oh my God, everything I learned, great stuff. But the minute I said, I'm a business owner, so much of it was not healthy. 
It yeah. was not going to help me in this in this new endeavor. Um, and, and and that really that really is a big challenge for most people. And that's why I, you know, I'm a big uh, proponent of really owning what you're doing, not clinically what you're doing, but what you're doing as far as being a business owner, uh, whether it's a solopreneur, self-employed, or trying to grow into, you know, maybe uh, a smaller group practice or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I think what you said is going to be a perfect segue into next week's episode where we can maybe dig into what it looks like when you start to um, embody a little bit more of that business owner side and maybe some some strategies or different mindset shifts that's really going to help people to, I mean, basically prevent burnout and ensure that you're showing up in the best way for your clients. So I'm definitely excited to to dig into that. But um, so for right now, if people want to find out a little bit more about you and want to connect with you, how can they do that? Yeah, the, the best way to do it is, um, you know, I, I created this quiz and it's called the um, PT practice quiz, but don't let the PT word fool you. It's really for any health specialist. Um, so PT practice quiz, you can go on uh, practice freedom. You, I'm sure you can have it in the show notes yeah. um, uh, the slash uh, PT practice quiz. And what it is, it's just a list of questions that helps identify the areas in your business and how close you are to having what's called a real business, or as I like to refer to practice freedom. So it's really interesting seeing where the strengths are, where the areas of need is. And then I give you some perspective and, and ways to improve that. So it's a, it's a free quiz. It takes you maybe five minutes. So that would be the first place to start. And then depending on where you want to go today uh, from there or what help that, 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 you, that you need, then we go from there. So it's a PT practice quiz. Yeah. Sounds amazing. I'll have that link in the show notes and thanks so much for being on Jamie. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode 59. I continue my conversation with Jamie about time management strategies for busy business owners. And if you haven't yet listened to episode 57, I urge you to do that. In that episode, I talk about why more information is keeping you stuck in your business and life. I'm truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcasts and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. And if you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy, small group mastermind for private practice introverts, highly sensitive therapists, and solopreneurs who help and heal. May the forest be with you.